Hi everyone, my name is Mayank Kukrecha and I'm the founder and CEO of Pitalite. Take a minute, stop, ready to go. Let's do this, this could be a great intro. <laughs> Hi, I'm Akshay. Hi, this is Saurabh and you are listening to the Founder Thesis Podcast. We meet some of the most celebrated startup founders in the country. And we want to learn how to build a unicorn. When the going gets tough, companies will start tightening their belts and cutting costs. Often, large companies will call in a consulting company like McKinsey to help them cut costs and boost their profitability. And McKinsey may deploy a consultant like Mayank Kukreja on the project. Mayank, who is a product of IIT Delhi and IIM Ahmedabad, spent four long years at McKinsey helping clients solve business challenges and saw firsthand the inefficiencies in corporate travel. both as a chat setting consultant and as someone advising clients on how to cut their travel expenses after his stint with mckinsey he joined mintra for some startup experience and that's where he met his future co-founder and also crystallized the idea of building a product to solve for inefficiencies in corporate travel Today his venture Itilite is one of India's largest corporate travel companies and is also rapidly expanding globally. The fact that they raised close to 30 million dollars even during the pandemic when all travel businesses were badly hit is a testament to both the massive opportunity in the space and the strength of their execution. Here's Mayank telling Akshay Dutt about the journey of building Itilite. Once Anish and I finalized that we want to work together. I showed him my list. Here is my list. I used to always maintain a list for the last six, seven years. That here are the ideas I want to do. So I think the idea we finalized about six odd months before we left, and then we actually had started talking to customers. In fact, I had a commitment of a funding before I left Mitra. I, we had not signed the term sheet, but I had a verbal commitment. So yeah, so we had I had spent about four, five months, good four, five months in Mitra thinking and working on this. So tell me the idea. So we started by saying that we'll help companies save cost on business travel. How will we save cost? When you are traveling, your company allows you to stay in a three hundred dollar hotel, right? And you will always stay in a three hundred dollar hotel. I had been a consultant, remember? I had stayed in seven hundred dollar W hotel at Times Square and slept the hours. I had done that. So what if the company gives you a choice that if you stay in a hundred dollar hotel, whatever you save, you get to keep a part of the savings? It seems so logical. Why would anyone not do it? Again, I now see that there will be some people who will not do it, but I am a very cheap person. Right? If you give me a little bit of discomfort, I just need to sleep at night. Sounds it so logical. On the other hand, again, yes, consultants do a lot of cost-saving projects, and travel was always a small part of it. I had done that four times, I think, over four years at McKinsey, and always the answer was same: apply with your stronger policies, do this tight, do that tight. That process does not work. First, companies want it. But it doesn't work because it is driven by humans. You need technology to implement those policies and things like that. Right? So I had some sense of the companies want to save costs on travel, and I have traveled a lot. This idea that incentivizes people to save money is amazing. That was the starting point. We went and spoke to some people. This is something which was, I think, being done in Google internally for the last ten years. We Google had a system for this incentivizing people, and when we so I spoke to the chief product officer at Mintra. He was ex Google. He remembered that five years ago I had these many points in incentives. Yeah, he remembers this clearly. This idea works. So I think that was the genesis of the idea. Very very quickly we realized 
this itself will not work because incentives is great but you would now have to work with a travel agent to book the ticket and that travel agent is offline so the whole travel booking process is broken but make my trip was already there right like so that's the big difference which we didn't realize in the beginning make my trip is a consumer travel company what is a consumer travel company and again there are multiple consumer travel companies they help you book your flights and hotels and what not if you go to any large company any company more than 500 people and if you ask them how do you book your tickets they will invariably at least in india 90% companies will have a travel desk yeah yeah the amex register for large corporates we used to have amex and mckinsey call amex why are you calling amex that's the problem the problem is not that you can't book a flight or a hotel the problem is your company wants to apply controls they want to make sure you're booking the right hotel or flight or within policy taking approvals things like that right so that a human is doing over emails more than booking a flight or a hotel it's those rules which have to come online there is almost no product for that that was the tricky part right consumer products exist business products no product has been built for business there were a lot of products all consumer large companies have a business travel product but what they do is provide a version of their consumer product to the travel desk use book using this it didn't have workflows for a business you need workflows the approval workflows and all of that and then the top 10% companies have workflows but they are custom built for them by a very large company over 6 to 9 months there's no product for it so the way we position it right what does it like do Itelite helps you solve three problems, not in that order. We have cost, convenience, control. The biggest reasons company buyers, at least in India, we today sell in India and US, is control. I want to apply those workflows, rules, get data. The second is cost savings. You may assume that why do people want to have control because they want to save cost. That's not true. That is not true. We learned it over in the first year. Many CFOs told us, "I don't really want to save cost." but i have a discomfort i don't even know what's going on tell me what's going on and that's enough that's control and then some of them want to save cost which then comes later that's where the incentives idea i told you came comes in control leads to saving but we have this unique incentives idea as well a third part is convenience frankly very few companies in india buy us for convenience us actually a lot of them buy for convenience what is convenience even the senior people have to use their eas to book why because when i'm traveling let's say i'm going to a new city on the trip to tokyo i have no idea about tokyo i will tell my travel desk find two three good hotels and give me option i will choose because i don't want inspiration and 500 hotels that's when you can use technology to automate it because i know your company if anyone from your company has gone to tokyo i know which hotel they stayed in like you are going to be similar versus personal where every person is different travels differently i can personalize based on how you travel how your company travels when you search on itelite you actually get only three options it like people select from the top three options we show then there is a button which opens up a lot longer list but that's the convenience part yeah which is a user experience decision you took absolutely right we have taken again it looks very different from a consumer travel product three options only because we are acting like again the online version of your travel desk that's the world we from that's again that's broadly the product which help you using workflows and then over time we added you can reimburse using the platform as well but tell me the evolution when you initially pitched did you pitch the cost saving idea or did you pitch the workflows idea or it's the cost saving idea but 
I remember even the first presentation we gave to Matrix, and that's our was first investor. We said we will be full stack. We did not know what it meant to be full stack, but we will have to do bookings because by then we had spoken to, we had I think were in the process of starting the first two pilots. Even they realized we'll have to work with these travel agents, and it's really really hard. This needs to be fixed. It's a very unsexy job. Most people don't even know about it because when you think travel, you think make my trip. You think consumer travel, right? You don't think travel agents, but realize this is what needs to get fixed. Expense is something we realized very early on, 2017, that this is a very related problem. Our customer wants it, and actually, travel products and expense products are very different. Their reimbursement is a very crowded market, lots of software, but different players, and it doesn't work if it is a different player because my as a finance person, these two are similar problems for me. But we decided not to build it early on because we—that's how we typically work. That's on one problem. Well, once we have a sense of this problem is solved to some extent, it is now fully solved. Then you pick up another problem. That's why I think in the third year, twenty twenty, twenty nineteen end, we started building expense. Now we think in India we have a product which is far ahead of anyone in business travel. Let's start building expense. Well. So, version that that pilot version which you built that was just the cost saving, like allowing people to get points. So we were, I think, we were we took the lean startup method to extreme. It was one web page where you can input you are going from X to Y place, Delhi to Mumbai, all that. Once you put a request, it used to come to our team, and they will give you these three options. First option, which is your normal option. Second option is your cost saving option. When you choose, it will go to your travel agent. He will book. We will just in this data and tell the company, okay, this person saved thousand rupees. Give them five hundred. Right. So very little technology. We had a vision in mind, but we literally launched with three web pages and three people. And uh, this was something that you were monetizing, or it was like a. We never gave anything to a customer free. Very very clear from day one. Was very little money, but never free. And so then, like, how did this product evolve then? From this one a form form based product where people fill out a form and then they get some intimation. From that form, this finding three options have to go automated, which means we have to now get APIs to get results from flights and hotels. We have to get connected with them, which we did. There's a lot of engineering which went into it, but in parallel, we were evolving. At some point, I think after a couple of months, after the first two pilots, we realized. We can't work with travel agents. What are travel agents doing? They are just opening some window and booking. Why can't we do that? So in April we started booking, and I was in August 2017. Second August 2017 is when we made our first booking. This was manual booking, like manual booking. In April we are automating stuff on our platform, but we started anyway. Travel agent is also booking. We will book. I think that's the November of this first year, uh, that year 2017 is when we went to a customer and said, now at least a full flow. Your search, your three options, your booking—everything is automated. Right. So again, first year was that journey, running those two streams in parallel. And this booking service, this I'm assuming would there would be a commission-based earning, right? Like you would be. There is again very little in the beginning, and that's, but you make some money from the customer, and then there is some commission from bookings. That's our revenue model. For the customer, it's a monthly subscription. No, the customer also it's per booking they pay us. By the Tried every possible model you can think of. We tried monthly subscription. We tried fixed fee per booking, fixed percentage of your total travel spend. 
गुड लर्निंग आई थिंक यू हैव टू बी क्लियर वेयर यू वॉन्ट टू इनोवेट द मंथली सब्सक्रिप्शन मॉडल वॉर इज मच मोर इकोनॉमिकल फॉर द कंपनी एंड मच मोर प्रिडिक्टेबल फॉर अस वेरी हार्ड टू सेल राइट अनदर लर्निंग अगेन एज अ कंपनी एज वी सार्ट सेलिंग टू अगेन फिफ्टीन ट्वेंटी कस्टमर रियलाइज वी आर नॉट सेलिंग टेक्नोलॉजी वी आर नॉट वी कैन से वी आर टेक कंपनी वी आर अनदर ट्रेवल एजेंट विच इज वेरी स्मार्ट एंड न्यू एज ड different for flight for bus different for train and we used the two models we tried in the beginning one was uh, a fixed fee per month and second was for the whole trip we'll charge you let's say 250 rupees you can book three flights four flights five hotels change in number of time the problem with that is customer doesn't know how to compare now a travel agent is saying i will charge you 150 rupees for flight 1 150 rupees for flight 2 And hundred rupees for hotel. You are saying two fifty rupees for the entire trip. How do I compare? But your overall number seems higher. You are more. It has happened to us again. You would think the buying is very logical. It's not. Do we really need to innovate here? And finally, we said, okay, let's go with pricing, which the customer understands. It's not great. It's not SaaS, but pricing came down to what the customer understands. The numbers we are still a little premium because we are offering more, but the model is. Again, hard learning. You don't necessarily have to innovate on pricing, and second, uh, you have to be clear what you are selling. I think we were very we are selling tech-based travel agent. We are another travel agent, but better. No shame in saying that. Right, right. Okay, okay, amazing. Okay, so then, like, how did the backend integration happen? Because you were doing it manually, booking of tickets and all that. Is it like getting a payment gateway where it's just a Simple few lines of code. It's a very painful process. After five years, it's still going on. There are five hundred airlines in the world, commercial airlines, and there are I don't know how many hotels. Just the top chains in India cover only twenty percent hotels, and then there's a long tail. And same for US, it's a completely different set. So that keeps on growing, and always the thing is we are. we defined our problem statement differently for a consumer travel company the problem statement is i have the widest range of hotels with me flights it's relatively easy to get because 500 still you will get through three four api connections but i have the widest range of hotels and i have the best price every communication you would get from a travel company will say that i have the again most exclusive hotels or the best price we said our problem definition is not that because we are serving business travel companies we can actually ask you where do you go right and we are we primarily work with mid to large size companies not very small companies in india at least 500 people company so they know where they are going they are going to a place where we don't have a hotel we can actually get a hotel up front it's very predictable demand that's how we kind built on it but yes it's a very distributed market you know building it <laughs> even on flight which is the easy one there are players which give you an api which connects you to all the airlines but you will make less money and you will have not have all the fancy features for example you will not be able to book a seat online and blah 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 and things like that right 
it'll just be search and book. You'll not be able to add a meal on the API. and Like the web check-in part of it will still be manual. In that API, it will not have that capability because these players are not the most evolved ones, right? But with these players, then you have to build enough scale that you now can go to an airline directly and say, I want to integrate with you. If you go on day zero, they'll say, who are you? Run away. Certain scale, now you say, I am large enough. Give me your API. Let's negotiate. Then they'll give you an API. Then you integrate with airlines directly. Now you get all those capabilities as well. And you get a little more money. So again, it's an ever-evolving process. right? In India today, we are again connected to all airlines directly. We are... If not, then we are among their top five to 10 buyers in India. But now in US, which is less than a year old market, we are still going through the journey again because not we are not a big enough buyer. The airline would ask for an API or they would want a minimum guaranteed business to give you an API? So they will charge, but that's not a the big thing. They'll charge you some money. And that I think from day one, you are ready to give. They'll not engage with you unless they know that you are doing this volume. Because it is... It's still that world that they have to spend time ensuring we have done the integration right. It's not like the Stripe and the Razor Pays of the world. They are going to still move a little slow. They will actually take you through a full certification process that you have integrated correct. And so they have to invest time. So they want that you are a serious player, then only engage with you. And the aggregators, uh, so these are like Amadeus, Galileo, the, these are aggregators. So now we are going a little deeper into travel. I'll try to still keep it simple. Aggregators are not that. Aggregators are completely different players. Aggregators are companies like one of the large companies is Travel Boutique Online. I think it's a company which is just about going public now, right? Now, the MADS and all are actually purely tech systems. They are called GDS. When I said you go to an airline, you don't really go to an airline. Airlines don't have API. They distribute through again, a GDS. MADS, Sabre, Galileo, these are the big ones. They are the, in the easiest way, they are the tech partners for airlines. You go to a, a media, you get tech connection to, let's say, 10 airlines. Separately, you go to an airline and say, let's do a commercial negotiation. So, again, slightly complicated part, but again, stepping back, right? What many companies get deeper into, and I think that was the part we kept very clear about. What are we building? When we are building travel, we are building three layers. We are building our software, which is again, workflows, convenience, things like that. And we are building inventory, which is supply, all this stuff. And third, we are building a support layer because travel will always need support. You will get stuck at the airport and you will need support. Right? We have a large in-house support team, 24 cross 7, 365. Where we will differentiate, first, we will differentiate on the software. That's the primary part. Second, we will differentiate on support because we will tech enable them. And we put people in processes, things like that. Inventory, we have to remain hygiene. We are not bad. We have all the flights, reasonable rates. Every consumer company is trying to win on inventory. Best price, widest options. Any communication which goes from it, right? Either it's a salesperson, marketing communication, will rarely emphasize on inventory. When get asked, we have competitive inventory. But you can't win on inventory. Even today, in one of the things we tell our salespeople, right, in a Sales call, if you get asked, will your price always be cheapest? The answer is, no, it will not be. Because if one player can guarantee the cheapest price to you, a skyscraper or a Trivago would not exist. They are the comparisons. They exist because one player is never cheap. So at least that stepping back helped us. Yes, we have to do a lot of work on inventory and keep improving it. But this is the right to play, not right to win. 
Got it, got it. Yeah, because in consumer travel, there is a long tail, like someone will want to go to some offbeat hill station location, which is never going to be the case for corporate travel. It happens. Actually, that does happen. Most like offsite or larger players, the larger companies which spend the most on travel, they actually go to tier four and tier five towns. Imagine all these FMCG companies and tech companies, they are going to very small towns. But there's predictability. When they go to that town, we know which hotel they will stay in. That those two hotels are with me. Not the remaining seven. Okay, okay. Got it, got it. Okay. And for the hotel tie-ups, do they have systems or it's very distributed. Again, especially the market like India, very distributed where the chains are not there. Chains only constitute about twenty percent of the market. There are lots and lots of systems. But again, the problem is hotel also has many systems. Each system will sell them saying, okay, you use this to manage your hotel, but they will be all optimizing on price and not using any one system. Still taking off by bookings, right? Especially the tier four and five towns and the smaller hotels are not very online. Where we have also built some systems to kind of bring them online in. So for the very long tail, for the very small hotels, we have some, their email gets triggered to them that here is a booking. Are you ready to take it? Press a button to say yes. All that happens with us. Okay, okay. Okay. What somebody might have manually called to confirm that you put a button on an email, click here to confirm. One of the things we try to do, again, there are hotels which don't accept credit cards or online payments. They will say, no, here is my, again, they literally send a picture. Here is my GPID, pay on GPID. We have actually run a large project released about three months ago where all that workflow also somehow went online, right? How do you collect all bookings and make bank or QR code payments? in a fully online manner without a human involvement. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, when you started acquiring the customers beyond those first 15, 20, you were going to them with like as a replacement for an Amex or a local travel agent, but with better support service because technology would make you quicker to respond and... Easier to book. So literally the sales pitch was we would go and I do remember there was this thick book we would carry. We had printed out an email chain which one of our customers had for booking one travel ticket. Right? So it was a 20-page printout, back and forth to book one domestic flight ticket. Right? One of our sales pitch was that, this is how you are booking your tickets. Many times, clear people may not even understand that. We literally had laminated and printed out again McKinsey Learning. We used to throw that on the table, this is how you are booking your tickets. Can't it be online? Right? That show and tell helps. How were you doing the sales? Was it you personally going out and cold calling and like, what was the way in which you were doing sales? So we are a, used to be a very outbound company, still continue to be a, to a large part. Calls, emails, LinkedIn, personal connects, investor connects to get a meeting and then demo and sale. So my co-founder actually led sales for India. At that point, I was leading product and engineering. We are both very generalists, so we keep switching all that. I used to personally spend 20-30% of my time on sales, but I was leading product engineering at that point. You would keep seeing what are the things we're doing manually and then build automation around that, basically. Yep, yep, yep. Again, we interesting, we actually had, when we started, we used to work six days a week. Then we moved to alternate Saturdays. Today we work five days a week. And it was very clear to the whole company that a metric to move is not revenue or top line. How many of our transactions had a human involved? How many of transactions have a human involved? We had set benchmarks. When we reach this benchmark, we'll never reach 100. Very clear. Today also not 100 in large team. When we reach X benchmark, alternate Saturdays. When we reach Y benchmark, alternate days off. So, so 
sales people don't sell things which we don't have automated customer success don't promise things if we don't have automated every team was clarified how can you contribute to this not just product engineering Wow, that's an amazing way to incentivize people. Huh? You will work only five days a week if you hit this. Amazing. Okay. Mm, amazing. Okay. So tell me about the those automation things, which, you know, what all human elements that you kept automating over the years? Lots of them, but even today, to be honest, a large part of things do go offline, right? People still call us to make a booking, right? Many times. So we internally monitor and now actually we show the companies as well because today in India we are a very enterprise sales company in US still mid-market right we actually tell them adoption metric is very important adoption is when you launch how many people came on the platform to book versus call or email because invariably we are moving people to from a travel agent to us right so bunch of things people had even when they book a ticket they would call us where is my ticket Right. So literally, again, sometimes the ticket, even if automated, comes after 10 minutes. So there's literally a timer which rings there, right? Like food delivery, your ticket is coming. <laughs> okay. Use a UX decision. Huh? That, that, that understanding of UX like is something you constantly applied here. Absolutely, right? And in very small things you have to change. In search, I told you we show only three results. Right. Now, the normal habit is when you search for a city, when you will go to hotel, you will search for Bangalore and then filter in all that. When someone would search for Bangalore for us, we can't show the most relevant options because Bangalore is a very large city. Which hotels do you show? Because you may be going to very different places in Bangalore. So, and that what would happen is after that, people would not search and they'll call or chat with us and say, oh, can, do you have this hotel? So when you search and if you search for a city, there is a prompt which comes on it. It says, do you have a specific locality in mind? Right. We make it very explicit. Every travel site takes a locality. But we make it very explicit before you search. Do you want to put a locality? Because we can serve you better there. Right? So any user behavior which leads to things going offline, we just pick and keep solving. But again, the user behavior also keep evolving. But how do you increase that adoption metric that people start booking online directly instead of calling? Lots of communication and training. In and what is the workflow element in the product? Like you ask the company for their rules according to hierarchy, like people at assistant manager, grade, get, or like how do you like... It can get very, very crazy, by the way. That's the secret sauce. It can get very crazy. So... There are companies which ask for three approvals before you make a booking, right? And you can ask approvals at different levels. Just to give you an example, right? Before you travel, you say, I'm going from India to New York. Somebody needs to say, okay, this is a valid trip. Then once you get the options, you're allowed to book within certain limits. And those limits also we'll talk about that. If you are booking within limit, then person A will approve. If you are booking outside limit, person B will approve. If you are booking within seven days of travel, somebody else will approve. If you are booking before that, somebody else will approve. Right? And then let's talk about limits. How do you set limits? You can't stay 5,000 rupees per night because 5,000 rupees per night in a tier two city is a five-star hotel. In Mumbai, not even a three-star. So how do you set limits? Do you go city by city? For every large company, they will be traveling 200 cities in a month. So how do you set policies? So we said, again, the traditional mode is even the software we have, you said city by city. Why can't you stay, choose a good three-star hotel for me? And every word has a meaning. I can see what are the three-star hotels in that city. I 
also publicly find their ratings and reviews. And I can define a benchmark, at least this much is a good. So good three star, which means I can adjust your policy dynamically. If you're going to New York, it will become $300. If you're going to, again, uh, Ahmedabad, that will become 2,000 uh, rupees. Even with work at online, good three star for managers, good four star for VPs. Again, unsexy work, but that level of detail is what we solve for customers. Amazing, amazing. So you do customers uh, then adopt this because there would be a legacy policy that they would already have, right? Are they ready to trash it and adopt? Almost always. Again, it takes time. That's why we have a very strong customer success team. And they have a team which consults the company on what you should do. Customers, some of them, one extreme is when they say, okay, we have offline and we don't follow anything. You tell us what is the good policy, right? And we are able to change up front. Some will say, oh no, I want exactly this going online, which is a very bad idea, but we start from there. And then things start breaking. And then we go to them, we have a monthly and quarterly review. See, this is breaking, suggestion A. This is breaking, suggestion Actually, we launched a product last year and we tried to automate it. We are both consultants, founders, right? So with all due respect to consulting, we believe this is not so hard. We can automate this, right? There is a product we launched called Itilite Mastermind. Then what is analytics? So at the base, you give an Excel then you give some charts, right? But that's not, still the person has to be smart enough to read the chart and see what do I do? Why can't you change it? So with basically the vision of mastermind where it is, you go to that page and says, okay, you spent a million dollars last year on travel. You could have saved 200,000 on it. How do you save 200,000? Here is idea one. Here is idea two. Here is idea three. Here is a button. If you like this idea, press this and the settings will be changed. Wow. Amazing. Okay. They are doing the same thing when teaching every customer this. Why can't we automate consulting? How would you build something like this to have that, you know, th there would be so many variables which need to be looked at to create one idea. And, and you know, you, you have to create maybe hundreds of ideas because each customer, there will be a different idea you will suggest. How did you break it down into a process flow which can be automated? Go back to McKinsey. Right, that's where it came up, that thinking. Problems for every company are super hard. How can a 25-year-old with no experience of the industry solve it? Yes, the person is smart, but also McKinsey has literally knowledge book. This industry, here are the possible 20 problems. Here are the templates how to solve it. Right? You should broadly fill into, again, broadly into one of these four templates. Right? That thinking at least came from consulting days that you can solve these problems. Because... Outside it, everything will look different. McKinsey taught us how can templates work. You are not as unique. You are not as unique. If you like to hear stories of founders, then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion-dollar businesses. Just search for the Founder Thesis Podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify, Ghana, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to the show. Okay, okay. So basically, over the years, uh, as you kept working with customers, your customer success team would keep giving recommendations. Then you were able to see trends that these are the recommendations for this kind of use case. These are the recommendations for this kind of. Really not hard. Literally, when I, when I started building this, we thought there'll be like 20, 30, literally seven recommendations, which go again and again. Seven recommendations. What are they if you're at liberty to share? I know it's probably a secret sauce, but. 
Oh, okay. This, this is something which we do share again. Example, oh, one of the most common ones is companies spend high because a lot of bookings happen last minute. People travel, they will book within the last three days of travel. And that leads to very high cost. It is most expensive, right? Very high cost. You can, again, you can quantify this. We can benchmark what is a good benchmark for how much booking should be last minute. Where is the company? And we have data to say, because of this, how much money you are losing. What are the solutions for it? Traditional solution is now you discourage people by asking for a special approval if you are booking last minute. Go and take VP's approval. We can automate that. That's one of the answers. They say it says set up. So it will set up additional approval in your workflow. You will have to enter that. We can also automate that using the incentives idea we have. If you book seven days in advance, you will get 100 rupees. That's the other idea which is there. Right? Do you want to set that up? So companies which won't adopt incentives upfront, when they see it here and quantified, they can adopt. Again, that's one of the ideas, many ideas like this. And by the way, this is another place where you go to a company, and I, this was my favorite one, and every company I could imagine as soon as say last minute booking. Our business is unique. We don't need to travel last minute. Every with that. Every company wherever we implemented early booking rewards, right? Twenty to thirty percent reduction in the last minute. Okay, amazing. So, like you know, this rewards idea is when we've not spoken about the original idea which you had of rewarding. How did that play out? Like, like was that the main pitch? Because you pretty much soon went into a travel desk pitch. Even if you go to italy.com today, after the first fold, when we talk about why are we unique, the first thing is rewards. Uh, now, I do believe still to date, rewards is a very strong concept. Anyone who has used it, any company, has seen lots of savings. What we underestimated was the change management. It requires a lot of change management. This is not how companies have worked. Initially, we were selling to founders, so it was easy to sell. But after that, companies have to be clear, will HR take this decision, finance take the decision that we have to introduce rewards. With larger companies, that becomes a challenge, right? Change management, I think we have to put a lot more effort on to get rewards introduced. But any company which uses rewards sees a lot of benefit. Right, yeah, the idea is hard to swallow because you are anyway giving travel. I mean, you know, they are not entitled to travel, but you're giving travel to make them comfortable. And then over and above that, you also give them a reward. For a CFO, it might be. Reality is, you have to confront reality sometimes. When we make the statement, first you have to believe that if you are giving 5,000 rupees to someone, they are spending 5,000, right? They are not saying that even 3,000 hotel is comfortable for me, I'll stay there. That is a reality. You have to first consult reality. Now, that extra 2,000, even if you get 1,000 by paying extra 1,000, why not? Principally, you have to adjust to that not every employee is thinking for the company. And that's a hard thing to say yes to. <laughs> right yeah it's a yeah it's a, it's a mindset change which is needed yeah mm-hmm. okay but what percentage of customers opt for rewards at different stages i think upfront about 20 25 percent uh opt for rewards but then over time through mastermind through consulting i think the similar ratio we are able to get them on board Okay, okay, okay. So someone like one year plus age customers would, half of them would be using rewards. At this point, again, lower because we are just coming out of two years of COVID where everything went higher. Uh, but yes, 
will be regarded. How easy is it for an employee to claim that, like, do they have a mobile app or a dashboard where they see I earned this much and transferred to their bank account or like, what is the employer experience, the employee experience? Employees have it very visible to them. Their first dashboard when they log in says the number. Multiple ways to use it. One is we just give the data back to the company, pay with payroll, take the tax, whatever. Second, we have a gift card platform. You can use this by again different gift cards, Amazon and card and whatnot. Third one which we have seen is actually this feeds back into the program of a company. Companies generally have a rewards program where they give points and things like that. These points also go there. So again, we are saying we are a data company. We are getting you this data however you want to use it. If a company goes for these gift cards, then the tax element is saved for the employee. Like they'll not have to. Not really. Again, up to 5,000 a year, there is no tax and then there is tax about that. There's still tax. Companies have given more innovative than us. So so there are a few companies who said that I don't want to give individual. I will give for a team and then there is no tax. There is a budget for a team outing because you give this much. Yeah, started getting innovative and we carried on from there. Mm, okay, got it, got it. So when you, like when the salesperson closes a deal, what is the journey after that? Like, is there a human driven onboarding process where you understand and then onboard and like a, like a consultative approach? Or? There is. As I said, in India, we are selling to enterprise companies, at least five to 700 people company, all the way up to hundreds of thousands. So there is about, again, varying from when we get data from the company, two days to two weeks onboarding process, where we understand their policies, their approval flows, set it up. There are also other nuances. Most companies have their own deals with airlines and hotels, large ones, which have set up in the system that these are your deals which will get through the dark platform. Again, it's from a consumer platform because all this starts coming. So all this has set up anywhere from two days to two weeks it takes for a company to start. Capability-wise, now again, as we sell in US, we have we still are going outbound. It is still not you go to a website and get started because... We still have to see if this is a good fit customer. But if you send out a link, this link you can use to onboard yourself, right? Because we are selling to mid-market in the US and much more open to setting up things by yourself in that market. Self-service, right. Got it. Okay. So 2020 Feb, like, you know, Feb, March, what was the scale at? Like, what kind of, uh, on that year, like that financial year, what did you close at? And then tell me about the COVID impact post that. So, so just first set the setting, like what were you at just around that time? What number of customers or? So, so we were, we had about 150 customers, India only, February 2020 and March customers were there. We make revenue based on transactions. We have no fixed, you know, for March, April, May, there were many days which were at zero. But what was your average pre-COVID, like daily, monthly, like? number of transactions or whatever metric you measure. Those metrics also changed. Again, those numbers we don't disclose in publicly. We are doing decent amount, 150 customers and larger customers, we're doing decent amount and it went to zero. The interesting part, the timing we got right, we signed our Series B term sheet the day first COVID case in India came. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> 100 crores term sheet at the day first COVID case in India came. Uh, we were... Fortunate, lucky, whatever you can call it. All our fundraisers, I think, have been from a position of strength. Multiple term sheets. In three-year runway left. So, raises to accelerate. This one, we said 
it's to accelerate now to open US market. Obviously, the timing we got fortunate, unfortunate, whatever, very different. But the good part is from February of 2020 to December of 2021, our scale increased by 5x. How do we scale as a travel company in the middle of COVID? That's also an interesting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The metric we used to look at is transactions, travel bookings, and revenue from there. Obviously, it didn't make sense. One, one question. Transactions, travel bookings, are they the same? Or what is? Transactions, travel bookings, same number. Right? How much travel booking is done on the platform? And from there, how much revenue we make? Now, travel bookings are not happening. How do you even measure? What is your sales team target? We were still selling in that time. I did the first game. March, April, May were hard. But beyond that, we started selling. They said when we sell to a customer, after the first wave started subsiding, customers started to travel again. And they were open to having some conversation. They were open to having conversation more because the travel agents had shut down or fired their travel teams. Hiring that fixed cost again, let's think digital, like other things. But when you get a customer who is not traveling, how do you measure so we moved to a different metric, that metric we called bookings under management. When we onboard a customer, how much did they spend in 2019? Because we as a company strongly still continue to believe that travel will come back. Six months, 12 months, 24 months, we are not running out of money. Travel will come back. And it's very low churn industry, at least for us. Right? Customer comes, doesn't go. Right? When you onboard a customer, that's much potential you have onboarded. In terms of that potential, we went 5x in those 18 months. Or because we started going to much, much, much larger customers. Broadly, our average customer used to spend 10 to 12 lakhs a month pre-COVID. Today, our average customer spends 50 lakh plus a month. Because again, larger companies became open to digitization. Their, their providers had left India or shut down their shop. Or travel teams had been let go. They didn't want to build those teams, right? Plus, again, when they said, now we want to go digital, because everything was going digital, reimbursements were going digital. There are not many digital players. So that's why even as a travel company in the middle of COVID, we were able to sign a lot of customers. For a customer to sign up doesn't cost them anything, right? Because there's no subscription. Here's the, again, the pricing accidentally or whatever, that pricing helped you, right? If you had stuck to a monthly subscription, it would have been very difficult. Yeah, especially monthly subscription and COVID would have been a disaster. And we actually went, but there were a few customers, I think five or seven customers which were on monthly subscription, which we literally for the first four or five months said that we'll take it off because you're not traveling. And it becomes very tricky how, why do you pay monthly subscription? Yeah. Mm, okay. okay. Reimbursement product, what is that? Is it just this travel only or, or what is that? Like, help me understand. It is like a reimbursement product. Whenever you file, want to file for any reimbursements from the company, it could be internet at your home. That became a very wide use case in work from home. Actually, why is that? Because I think from our team, about 20% people used to file reimbursement pre-COVID. During the remote work, it became almost 100% because everyone was claiming internet. So how do you file for those reimbursements is the product. Again, a lot of workflows there. Policies, whose approval is needed and blah, blah, blah. As I said, it's a very crowded market. But why we launched that product is travel and expense are related. Very simple example. Why our product versus any other product, right? Why have we thought of it? 
any expense product, the, the one of the biggest pains for the finance team is people don't file on time. I have to wait two, three months for people to file. And can't even know who has to file. You don't know until they file. 70% of reimbursements are when people travel. Right? You travel for food and all that. So if you have booked a travel through us, we can remind you you have to file your reimbursements. Actually, we can remind you when you are sitting on your return flight. You have nothing to do. We see three in your gallery which look like receipts. So you want to file them now. Oh, wow. Okay. So there's a mobile app which employees download. Okay. Yeah. Again, web app for every product we have is available on web, web and app. You can literally click a picture, file it easily. But again, that any good reimbursement product has that. You can click a picture, your credit transactions can come in. The difference is because you are travel and expense, for example, we can remind you. You have more data. Like, like the context is clear to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fraud check and audit is a big thing in reimbursements. One of the fraud you will not, again, imagine it to be is finance teams actually check. You are filing reimbursements for Mumbai. Were you really in Mumbai on that day? We can check that because you would have booked your ticket through us. You are not in Mumbai on that day. So these are do automatically the power increases okay okay who are the other companies in reimbursement space I know of companies which are like issuing a card like an expense card to employees are these the companies you talk about or? many 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 companies again the largest one globally is called SAP Conquer very large company and there is a company called Expensify which just went public I think last year 3 billion very crowded space every ERP or HR system will build four forms and then say, I have reimbursement product. That is a, again, that is anyway doesn't work because you need, again, rules and workflows, which this extension ERP and HR products will not have generally. The good ones I named definitely have them, right? And that's why I, our expense, the way we think about expense is we are comparable to a good product, first of all. But why we are better than them is if you use travel and expense, you get powers which you can't get on only expense. Right. The fraud prevention is much more robust with you. Some amount of... Hmm. Again, filing your... We will make your filings go faster. That's the most important one. Actually, we can also... We can actually make your 70% reimbursements go away. Because if you book travel with us, there is a way company can directly pay for your travel. So you don't have to pay and reimburse. What does that mean? Like, okay, yeah. The company is buying the tickets. Right. You're not paying for the tickets. You are not buying for the ticket. You're not buying for the hotel. Those reimbursements just go away. Your work as an employee is reduced. Your work as a company is reduced. So the, again, there's a lot of value in bringing these two together. So uh, are you like, are you looking at like moving to US and staying there so that you get a more first-hand understanding or like how are you opening the US market? What's the strategy? Long term, maybe if that is needed. I've already lived there for a couple of years. But as of now, we are doing completely remotely. We have about 30 plus customers in US as of now, completely remotely. We have an entity in US. We don't have any employees in US today. Sales from India, servicing from India. As we started go, start going up market to slightly larger companies, definitely we need employees in US, both for sales and service at least, sales and customer success. And if that's needed, again, founder needs to be there, sure. But the pricing same there, like in India, per transaction? Per trip. There's a slight difference. The one I explained earlier, all combined, one, right? the buyer in the market is slightly different. Most buyers have reached a point where they think this big rate card is a pain. Can you give me a simpler pricing? 
they are still not there where they want to pay a fixed fee per month. So we want to a simpler pricing. And then again, numbers are also very quite different. So I wanted to ask you, you know, your revenue split between commission on what you book versus the fixed fees that you charge, which is a bigger contributor? Okay. 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 And tell me about your fundraise journey. So you did tell me that you raised 100 crores in like that Jan Feb. That was, we actually raised another round. We just announced less than a month ago. We raised about 29 million round from Tiger. We've raised four rounds till now. The first one was from Matrix Partners. As I said, even verbal commitment, even before I left Mitra, actually it was that, okay, at least become full time, then we'll sign term sheet. So I term sheet. The day uh, we became, I became full-time, I think a week after that, we signed the term sheet. And they have been very supportive. They have invested in every round since then, including the latest one. They have doubled down. There were a few angels also we brought in. Very small check in early stage who were more people we wanted to take advice from. And they just, in the fourth round, we gave them an exit with 40x returns. The second round was from VY Capital. Now, this is an interesting story. Our Apart from Matrix, all the investors who have invested in us, second BY, third Green Oaks Capital, and then fourth Tiger, are actually very late stage investors. All of them can individually write a $100 million check. Uh, so at least, again, from a capital perspective, the company is reasonably secure that if we continue to execute well, we have investors who can keep funding us even in-house. But what makes investors so excited about investing in Ethylite? You know, that obviously the fact that you are attracting such big names, you know, the, what do you think investors get excited about? So I think in the initial days, it's more the idea and the, actually less the idea, the founder in the market. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Travel is a big market. You're disrupting Amex in a way. To... Travel is a huge market and business travel is even a huge market, very offline and founders, right? You have to build your own credibility. Something we have done in life which has built credibility and shows credibility, right? At some point as you go further, it has to then now come to execution. That seems like we're growing. I think even growing, two things which have been consistent. One, we have kept growing even through the period of COVID. Second, we have been extremely capital efficient, extremely, right? The capital we have raised now I still had a two-year runway. At a high burn rate, I had a two-year runway. So we can, one is runway, we can go to the, typical our conversations with our investors have been, I think we are at a point where with additional capital, we can do ABC. I don't need it, but I can do ABC. So in on that point, you can actually say that, okay, I need this much money and this much dilution. If you are not comfortable, then in six months or 12 months, we'll have the same conversation. Right. And these have been investors we have been speaking for a long time. <laughs> if they come and see that in those six and 12 months you have achieved what you have promised, then right, better have that get in early than late. Right, 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 right. Okay. Okay. You build that credibility. Right. Okay. So, one, you keep executing. Second, you be capital efficient. You are not running out of money. Our economics is actually pretty good. Right. We have even this. Travel, so to say, which is supposed to be a high-touch market, we have 50 to 60% plus gross margin. <laughs> our CAC paybacks are seven, six to seven months. We get our payback from on customer acquisition costs in six, seven months. Right? So economics makes sense. We are not profitable because we invest a lot in sales and marketing and technology. Opening new countries, right? Yeah. 
So, again, keep executing what you are saying. Be capital efficient and don't lose your head when you get money. Are some of the things which does help in having those conversations. You you didn't get tempted to launch a cards product and a payments product. This, this, I, those would have been high burn products. So, so I think that this is actually the secret sauce behind building yep. the credibility. Okay, yep. got it. How do you measure CAC? You said that y- your CAC is recovered in six seven months. How do you measure that? Sales and marketing cost uh, again revenue signed again at this point it will be signed that if we have signed a company which spends let's say a crore a month how much revenue we'll make from them. That's the revenue multiply by gross margin. So that's gross margin from customer per month. Sales and marketing cost divided by gross margin added per month. Okay, got it. That's the CAC payback. Again, CAC is different. Again, I have been asked about LTV by CAC. I don't like that metric. Why is that? I don't know lifetime. Still, after five years, I don't know lifetime. I have customers which we acquired in year one, which are still with me. How do I guess they'll be with me for five years or eight years or 20 years? So, LTV requires me to put a number how long the life of a customer is versus CAC payback and say, okay, in seven months I have recovered. Definitely, I have, my customer will need for more than seven months. That is good. In your case, your customers would only, like, it's only if a company becomes bankrupt, then they would leave you, right? Otherwise, well, there are other reasons they leave. There are other reasons they leave. What are they? If you One of the, one of the big reasons is a travel booking of a senior person gets screwed up. We are still a marketplace. We don't control the experience. The flight or the hotel does. A very common thing in hotel industry, you reach the hotel at 1 a.m. Typically in a hotel, there is an intern standing at 1 a.m. And that intern, if they check for the same day check-in, instead of a previous day check-in, they will say you have no booking. This has happened. I told you this specific thing has happened so many times with us and it comes back to haunt us, right? Uh, we have a team which actually calls the hotels and reconfirms. You have the booking, you have received the payment. Please be careful, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. That's interesting. Okay, yeah, I got it. There are these make or break travel cases which you have to be extra careful about. Uh, have you automated these yet to for the system to flag this is a make or break? So people get tagged. Again, senior people who have had escalation in the past get tagged in the system and their bookings go to a special desk which does something manual to make sure things are okay. Wow, <laughs> amazing, amazing. If you like the Founder Thesis podcast, then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books and drama. Visit the podium.in, that is T H E P O D I U M dot I N for a complete list of all our shows.